Before we begin, I'd just like to say thank you to my friends at Hair Saloon for supporting this podcast and for providing space at their corporate offices to record it. Hair Saloon's mission has as much to do with the restoration of men as it does with the business of haircutting. They try to make a difference in the lives of the thousands of men who come through their doors each week. Hair Saloon is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and if you've ever been interested in running your own business and want to work with great people, I would highly recommend you check out the Hair Saloon franchise opportunity. Go to hairsaloonfranchise.com to find out more information. That's hairsaloonfranchise.com. Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and to please take two minutes to give us your review. And if you have a question or a comment you'd like to share with our listeners, go to Suzanne at the SuzanneBenkerShow.com. Welcome back to the Suzanne Venker Show. I'm your host, Suzanne Venker. I hope everyone had a chance to um, hear the first installment of the new year that I'm doing now that is a little different from before, where I talk with Andre Parody, who's out in L.A., about men and women. And that, that topic is so broad that there's just never going to be any moment in which we are out of material. So I can't say exactly how this is going to go forward because as most of you know, if you've been listening, I I usually have a guest on every week and this is sort of a test this month. And if I, and if everyone likes it, I I may end up continuing it this in this way. So we'll just wait and see, but let's welcome Andre back to the program. Hi, Andre. Good morning. How are you? Very, very good. It's I'm in Los Angeles. The sun is up. You can see it on my face right from here yeah, through the window. Yeah, I do see it on your face. Very, very hard not to get up with a smile here. I'm just saying. Oh, that's so nice. I, however, am in an enclosed space with no window, <laughs> so I'll just look at the sun on, on your face. I'm sorry everybody else can't see that, um, but that's, that's the way it is. Okay. After last week's session... Um, I, which was about the emasculation mm-hmm. of men, I, I received several emails, one from a woman named Lindsay, and it, it was not exactly related to that, but uh, I passed it on to Andre and said, we really need to talk about this next week, because I think, um, as, is, as is the case with all of my topics, this one's um, yet another taboo one, and it does not get any attention, and so this, this gal has asked me to address it. She writes... I really enjoy your podcast, particularly the episodes with Andre Parody. In one of those episodes, you were discussing your children, and Andre said that he raised his son differently than his daughter. In a future episode, could you and Andre expound upon that statement? I don't have any brothers, so I'm curious as to exactly how you would raise sons and daughters differently and why that's important. So that's a bigger subject than than it might seem at face value. (laughs) I have a a lot of thoughts on that. And I don't think that that gets much coverage anywhere ever, mostly because we're not supposed to talk about the idea of raising sons differently than daughters. You know, they're supposed to be the same. We're supposed to be equal. So God forbid you (laughs) acknowledge um, that that's simply not true. And of course, those of us with sons and daughters know that's not true. And so, of course, you're going to raise them differently. Um, I, too, never had any brothers. And everything I know about... (laughs) boys and men. I've learned as I have gone along for the ride with being, of course, married to a man and having a son. And it's been a crash course, let me tell you. (laughs) I mean, big time, because not only did I not have a brother, but my um, father was not what you'd call um, a manly man. He was more of a nerdish, nerdy type. 
um, very smart. Both my parents had MBAs and they were bookish, I guess you could call it that. Um, but, but he was not, you know, a, a, a guy's guy. So, right. so I was really in the dark. So I, everything I've learned has been completely, <laughs> um, by experience. On yeah. On the fly. But it, it, to, to address this question, I'd like to start by telling you about a coaching session I had recently, uh, with a, with a woman and her husband who have four children and they have a complete and total role reversal in, in their marriage. She is a physician. She makes $400,000 a year. He is a stay at home dad and has been the entire time. Well, no, he actually has an MBA. So they're sort of equals on the professional front, except that they started out with them both working. The kids were in daycare. The babies were in daycare. They only had two at the time. Um, it wasn't working out as anybody who embarks on that honestly can see that it's not going to work out for a million reasons, mm -hmm. which we won't discuss today. But anyway, so they, they decided that it would be him, uh, to stay home. And so, um, unfortunately, while that's been great for the family, for the kids and for the calmness of the family and all of that, and not having a chaotic, um, life with no parents home, it has not been good for their marriage. And that's where mm -hmm. I come in and you, and you know wh where that's going. And what's interesting with her story is that, um, she have, they have three sons and one daughter and she regrets the way they've done this. She's jealous of him being at home. He's jealous of her being at the, at work. They wish they could do the whole thing over. It's just not working out. She doesn't respect it. It's terrible. It's bad. And she is raising her children very seriously with a complete opposite message than what she had gotten growing up, which of course was the feminist message, which is why she's in this oh. boat. And in order to pass on what you now know to be true when you're that old or that much older and you've lived it out, you have to tell your kids, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you have to say, look, this did not work. Here's why. And so she is raising her daughters differently from her sons and talk about taboo, right? Right. Right. And oh. yet so unbelievably necessary and crucial to help them understand that, hey, here's what it means to be a boy or a man. Here's what it means to be a girl and a woman. And your life paths are not going to be the same. Mm -mm. So let's start there. And you and I, of course, we each have, both of us have both a son and a daughter. So since the question was directed more toward you from this gal, Lindsay, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll turn it over to you. I don't know if you remember saying talking about that initially, but let's talk about it now, about how some examples of how you raise your daughter and son differently. Well, for me, it has started because, you know, in this conversation with men and women and the psychology, you know, and the chemistry of all the ways that we're different, that's always, for me, it was the, the, the way, the, that's where it all started, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the research part, research part, research part. And then... Um, when the children were born, I was already very, very acutely aware of, you know, the, 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 what they need to be good and healthy and solid. And so the paradigm is fantastically simple and it's nature at its best. And it's a beautiful thing and, and it's in place because it works. And so in a nutshell, if I'm going to take you there quickly, is that <laughs> for my daughter, I'm – I am um, her first love story. You with me? Yep. As a male in her life, I'm her first love affair. Yep. 
and my son is my is my my wife's first love affair. So the dynamic that I have with my daughter will directly impact the entire rest of her life with the dynamics and and energy she will have with men. Mm-hmm. She will bring a guy home just like me one day. Which when you when you <laughs> become a father and you get that like primary like from the get go, she will bring a guy home just like me someday. Depending on the way I treat her, like whatever. If we have a dramatic and chaotic relationship, she's going to create that, right? This Because we know this mm-hmm. about humans. We don't do what we choose. We do what we know. So your experience is being repeated, repeated, repeated because that's the primary programming. So understanding that, the, you know, understanding that primary dynamic, you know, so what kind of guy do I want at my front door when she turns 16? Oh, God, it's on me. Hello. Mm-hmm. Wake up, right? So then that just to paying attention to really how – me and her get along in our relationship dynamics. So within that, as I, with the research, what we understand is I am my daughter's safety. As a male in the house, I'm responsible just by my presence, by the way, that I'm I'm actually responsible. There's this feeling of safety. Daddy's in the house and daddy's taking care of everything. So I am the safety in in the house. So I'm the male energy and the one who takes care of the machine of life. And that, a little girl who feels safe, again, this has this starts right from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Like from toddler's years, a little girl that feels safe, that daddy's got it energetically, mm-hmm. grows up naturally, again, it's all nature, into her feminine, right? She gets to be feminine. She gets to fall in love with her daddy. She gets to see him as a nurturer, daddy energy. And in that safety of knowing that she's protected all the time, awake or asleep, you know, inside or outside, daddy's got it, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that allows a woman to appropriately grow into her feminine. And then as life goes on with schooling and growing, right? And we teach her the, 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 the things that she needs to learn in order to function in the world, right? At one point I have to teach her to drive which I have already. So yeah, so appropriately sort of grow into a feminine, you know, as she learns to handle her life like everybody has to do, right? That's part, both sides of the equation of raising a, a woman, a girl, to to be healthy and solid. Because when a woman is, again, when a woman is, feels safe in the world, she has access to everything that is instinctually hers to own. Her. Right, and we've talked about, and you or you've talked about how when that's, when that isn't present, right? what she invariably ends up doing now, which, by the way, is that leads into the other topic I was going to get to later. So maybe we could try to remember that to come back to that. What happens okay. when women get that, quote unquote, femininity knocked out of them, as you say? And, and yeah. why, but let's let's save that for later and keep with with what we're doing okay. right now. So on the flip side, because on the flip side, because then there's a daddy energy that keeps makes her you know, naturally grow into her feminine, which is the healthy feminine that actually now gets to be brought forward. And then she has all the options. The, the good news about this is that's when a woman has all the options. She should access both sides of her personality, masculine and feminine. But primarily for a girl, she has to learn or grow into her feminine to be healthy. Okay. Period. Flip side. That's sexist, okay. or whatever. It's called okay. nature. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So the flip side of men on boys, so my boy is very different, right? is plagued because he's a male with this concept of wanting to be powerful than somebody in the world, right? Every young man, every man in the, wants to be competitive, 
capable, mm-hmm. you know, build something, have some kind of power, right? This is why competent. a superhero. Competent. competent. I like the word competent. Yeah. Yeah. Competent, capable, mm-hmm. right? And that's why all the boys are like, you know, excited and, and, and taken by superheroes. The idea how su- mm-hmm. like super, exactly. superpowers and be able to like be the guy who can fly, the guy who can fight, the guy who could come, the man, right? So this, again, it's an instinct in that. We're talking, you know, we call the hunter-gatherer, you know, part of us that's been in place for two and a half million years, depending where you start your research and, you know, anthropology. My point is, so for a boy to grow up solid, he has to kind of conquer himself. He has to conquer his life. He has to conquer his fears. He has to go after the things that he wants and fight for them. This is how he builds his character and how he, he alleviates his inner self-doubt that wonders if he's capable in the world. You see it? Mm-hmm. So then he, he roles model, my, his, my wife is his first love affair, mm-hmm. but he roles models after me. Right. And what it's like to be a male. Mm-hmm. And that's my job to teach him and train him to, to conquer himself. So from the age of the moment he could, the moment he was, the mo- he was seven years old when he started wanting things. He wanted, you know, originally he wanted a, a pet snake. And a pet snake is $10 at the store, no big deal. And I'm like, well, no, that's not the pet snake. It's everything that comes with a pet, right? Like right. the cage, <laughs> the heater, the, the tank, the food, right? That this not, he's seven years old. So, you know, understanding that he needs to handle this stuff and I don't get to give him stuff because it teaches him nothing but being, when they expect everything to be done for them, knowing that it's a danger for mm-hmm. boys and young men, you know, that they have to, again, the idea is for him to work it out for himself. So yeah. he gets that he, that he can. Right. So I said to him, well, you don't just get, you know, I'm not buying you a pet, you know, the snake, you have to like handle, you know, you buy it, you have mm-hmm. your own little money mm-hmm. and figure out what it takes. And then if you get out for if, if you figure, when you figure that out, you know, we can talk. So he's seven years old. I'm thinking, I'll never hear from this again. Two months later, he comes at me and goes, I got it. Then I got it. I'm like, you got, you got what? I got it. It's going to cost two, $253 to get everything that I need with the snake. The tank is $60. The heater, like, he has a list. Yeah, right. He's seven years old. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, my. Okay. Oh, right. Like, like yep. oh, crap is what I'm thinking. Like, I can't believe he did that. But then he did it. So, you know, the deal we made is I was going to help him with some of that. And so... That was the first step into him stepping into working things out for himself. And I've done this with him all the way through. You know, like by the age of 10, this is more studies, but by the age of 10, ladies, you have to stop babying your sons Mm -hmm. because you keep them weak and they will blame you for that eventually because they they know – that this is what's happening. So you, by the age of 10, you have to literally take your mitts off your sons and let them handle their stuff. So let me stop you right there because that's a great example of a massive difference between raising a boy mm-hmm. and a girl. I mean, and I'll just, all I can do is use my own, my own, my own example, obviously. The difference between um, my life in the high school years with my daughter versus mm-hmm. now with my son is night and day. Yes. There were things that she needed me for. And I just, I, I Need is maybe too strong of a word. She just simply wanted me around more and had so much to say, <laughs> so much to talk about, so many emotions to share, so many stories to tell, right? so much checking in all the time. Now, yes, okay, that's her personality, but it's also because she's a girl. Yeah. When she left for college, she's now in her second year, I, we just have our son left and he's a junior. 
I literally could disappear. I don't even think he would notice. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. he is that he's almost like having a roommate. He is because we did raise him as you just described. Um, I did not over nurture him and he has a very strong father. And so he takes care of everything on his own. He has a job. He does his own laundry. He's basically, he's just completely self-sufficient. So I'm not sure. I, I feel at this point that he could easily be launched today and he'd be just fine. So he's almost just waiting out this last year till he goes out into the world. And I keep my distance from him because he, he doesn't want to or need a mother, you know, he just doesn't. And so it's a little weird in a way because I didn't anticipate this. I learned this as I went along. Wow. I can really shift my focus much more in my career with him than I could with my daughter. Funny enough, because I always had her in my mind as needing something at such and such time or, you know, just very, very different. And then there's this other piece, too. This is also interesting. I'm asking you about your kids with this. But, of course, what they're going to do with their life, right? Mm -hmm. How they're going to structure it, what career they're going to choose. The idea that you would treat that any differently is absolutely I mean, totally politically incorrect, right? Yep. So I'll just tell you right out so everybody knows my daughter is going to be a teacher, <laughs> an elementary Beautiful. school teacher at that. Beautiful. And um, and here's something interesting, a little side note. She was she, she did very, 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 very well in school, one of the top in her class. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of expectations of her with among people to want to know what she was going to do with her life uh, professionally she because she's so smart. And those smarts must, of course, translate to having power and money and all the rest. So when she would tell people, this is what I want to do. I love kids. I want to be a teacher. Um, and then even more specifically, an elementary school teacher. Um, really interesting response. And it saddened me in a way. It's, it's all good now. You know, she's she's older and with her uh, older people in college. But at the time, she had to sort of explain herself. And that's a perfect example of what I mean about, um, you know, the direction she wants to go is, is very, to use millennial term, gendered, <laughs> typically gendered way of um, planning yeah. out her life. And my son has completely different plans that are, that are more, mm-hmm. quote unquote, male. He loves money. He wants to, not money like materialism, materialistic, but money like he loves to manage it and just, and, and, and figure out how to invest it because he's, He's worked so much that he has seen, you know, how to accumulate wealth and um, how you invest it and you just don't spend it. And so he's very into it in a very, you know, um, beautiful. Yeah. So so again, very gendered choices in their life. And I feel it's just funny mm-hmm. because um, in any other era, this would be, quote unquote, normal. But today you almost have to explain it because the idea is that they're not supposed to make gendered choices because that means they're uh unequal or whatever you want to say and that is the point yeah. i'm sorry but that is the point nature is not equal right nature again i keep equal. saying to people with this argument with equality with gender equality i go just look between your legs whereas equals are genitals right right, right? and the, we don't and the proof is that you know that we've spent we spent so much money so much time trying to get women into stem fields for example um and we also mm-hmm. you know concerned about the fact that there aren't more male teachers, especially in the elementary level, all of which theoretically is fine. There's no beef with any of that. Um, And same with women going into the medical field. They do go in in larger numbers than men, but they don't go into the highest level surgeon. Yes. They don't don't choose what men choose. And that's okay. We don't need to mess with that. 
that they're doing what they want to do. And that's nature doing its thing. Exactly. Does your marriage or love life feel hard? I get a lot of emails from readers who are struggling in their relationships. Unfortunately, the help an individual or couple needs can rarely be answered in a series of back and forth emails. For this reason, I offer coaching for individuals who are struggling in their relationships and for couples whose marriages feel stuck. Just go to SuzanneVenker.com and click on coaching at the top to sign up for a session with me. That's SuzanneVenker.com. Absolutely. And there's a reason for all this. You could walk it all the way through, right? Why don't women go into a deep, deep, high level of, you know, powerful whatever, whether it's a STEM field or, or uh, you know, surgery, yeah. surgery or surgeon stuff, because they have to work 60 to 80 hours a week mm-hmm. in order to get these jobs handled. And most women don't do, want that. Don't want you that. You know, but they'll kill themselves. They'll build, you know, um, how many law firms around the United States cannot hang on to their their, their partners, female partners, past the age of thirty. That's these right. women realize that in order, in order, in order for these women to keep up with the pace of being a lawyer in, and a partner in a law firm, requires sixty to eighty hours a week of work. And by the age of thirty, because they're amazing, they're smart, they're capable, mm-hmm. they're you know, it has nothing to do with they, ability, they, they, nothing to do with not ability. at all. They they are, they do it fantastically. They can't even believe how amazing these women mm-hmm. are. But mm-hmm. by the age of thirty, they can't hang on to them because these women like. I don't want to live like this. Work is, you know, 80 hours a week is crap. That's not a life. Right. Most more men are willing to do this to provide for the family, but a woman, a natural woman, it's way too costly. It's no fun. It burns you out and it deletes, you know. So, so. Andre, that goes back to what we're talking about. Then what do you say to people who say, well, so are you saying that you, what if your, what if your daughter wanted to be a surgeon? Would you tell her not to be? That's the kind of blowback well, you get. No, in, in my life, in my world, my, my job is not to tell my children what to do, who to become, none of that, right? My job with my children is to help them become who they want to be, who they, who they were born to be. Nothing to do with me. So as they grow up and they find their way, which they both have already because it happens, you know, in their teens, my job is to support that, you know, and guide them with the questions that they have about this and that, you know, what, what about this and what's that look like? And, you know, you know what I mean? That, that's that's my job. So my son is going into computers because he's very, very good at computers. <laughs> he instinctively, naturally knows how to work that out. And he understands that this is where the future is going. Beautiful. Right. So he has a job and he's going to school and he's working his way towards that as he's handling everything himself like your sons. Beautiful. Right. I don't have to worry about him. He's on. He yep. handles his stuff. He's 19 years old. He's fully, you know, capable to do whatever on his own. It's beautiful. My daughter is a graphic. It's interesting. She both she she bakes and has her own little baking business with a website and all this stuff, which is super feminine. Right? She, mm-hmm. she loves to nurture mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And she's also super, super smart. And she's she's a graphic designer. She does um, cartoon design. Like she wants to work for um, in, in the animation department for Disney or mm. Pixar or DreamWorks. You know what I mean? She does all day long is designing. She makes her own cartoons, like computerized cartoons. So in the world of graphic design, that's where she's going. There's a lot of creativity in that. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of creativity in that, which taps, taps into her feminine. And she loves it. And I, she's wired for this. Like I didn't have to help her or guide her, or she just, I, she, she basically flourished into that world because she is part of what she naturally likes to do. And I think what people, and this is really important piece to it. It's not that it has nothing to do with capability. 
or mm-hmm. or whether or not, for example, a woman should be able to take care of herself the way you described about your son being able to do things on his own and be competent and all that. It's not that women shouldn't be competent. Of course not. Right? So I think that's where people get confused, that it it's sort of like the love and respect question. Yes, men need love, and yes, women need respect, but it's not where their natural energy flows. Right. And that's the, that's the ticket. And it's the same thing with what you do for, for work and how you're going to map out your life. Is your, is your energy going to flow in a more stereotypically masculine way where you just earn and achieve and worry about success and power and all the rest? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to come from your relationships? And for, of course, most women or the average woman, her mm-hmm. energy flows from her relationships. That's how she gets her fuel. Right. Absolutely. So that has to be taken into account when you're making these career decisions. That's just yes. the bottom line. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't or you shouldn't. It just means that what is it that you really want? And it's okay to want that. Right. Right. So I always say my job, like yours, is to sound the alarm. Right. The yeah. culture will tell you, you know, be a badass, be an amazing woman, be a CEO, go for the money, go for the without the consideration of the cost that's going to the prices you're going to pay for that bingo right because all my clients like yours by the age of 40 plus or so Mm -hmm. are the ones who bought into the cultural you know narrative Mm -hmm. of money career power Mm -hmm. masculine and that they and actually believing that men are attracted to that wrong (laughs) yeah that's a whole nother conversation uh, for a different day we need to i put that down for a later episode so if I'm going to sound the alarm, is really be careful what you buy into. So forget the cultural narrative. And, you know, do you want to be, I say, a career woman or a woman with a career? Two different right. approaches to Two, life. Yeah, and we've talked Completely. about that in the past. We've talked yeah. about that in the past. So that's that's really where I come from. And I think you do the same thing because our my clients, your clients, are women who've skipped that that conversation with themselves what is it that i want yes and by the age by, by the age of 40 plus when they go actually i want a husband and kids whoa okay now in houston we have a problem or, or in you the know, case all of the reasons we talk about or in the case of the the woman i told you about from the other day in my coaching where she's she's had the four kids she's never been home he has and it was happening sort of gradually over the years that she realized wow i've been following this script i don't even want you know and yep. And and the chances of a man saying that same thing are very the minimal. If he if they had reversed yep. it from the get go and had gone with nature, as opposed to fighting against mm-hmm. it, he's not going to wake up one day and say, "I really have hated being the breadwinner in this family. <laughs> I wish you made more than we did. <laughs> I did so I could stay home." Like the chances of that happening yeah. are just ridiculous. It's not going to happen. So right. so so that's it's not just. It's true that there are women who miss the boat altogether, but then they're the ones who actually have the family, and it's not working for the same reason. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, and, and this is something I, you know, it's heartbreaking. Is I have ladies' clients, and I'm sure you have as well, who will call me seemingly with the perfect life, right? They they have the the, the big job, they make the big money, they manage to you know have a husband, a couple of kids, you know, and are trying to manage all of this. And what happens is because even even stress wise, it's too much. They're constantly overwhelmed and burnt out. They manage all of it in the name of superwoman, which is what the culture is pushing. This concept of superwoman, they buy into it, they live it, they have it, and 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 then the conversation I had with them is like, 
They're like, you know, I don't understand. I have everything, a powerful job. I make money. I have a husband and kids. I have, you know, blah, blah. I have everything that anybody wants that I should be happy. But, you know, Andre, somehow something is wrong. I need your help. Like, I feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. I feel hollowed. I feel disconnected from my own spirit. I don't know who I am. I don't feel anything anymore. I feel numb. I'm sort of a shell of myself. I can't connect with my husband. I can't connect with my kids. I, I, I don't care about my job, even though, you know, I've worked for, for it. So what's wrong with you is you bought this superwoman syndrome thing and no one can do it. No one can do it. Not all at once. Not right. In stages. And it's a different conversation. Um, and you mentioned superheroes and your son earlier. And of course, yeah, that made me think of, and mm-hmm. immediately of Disney films and how they want to reverse the script when boys are naturally geared towards superheroes and women, uh, I mean, girls towards princesses. And instead of just letting that be what it is and thinking that that's bad, the conditioning, brainwashing, whatever you want to call it, is starting early now with these Disney films flipping the script and having women be the superheroes and um, demasculinizing men. Or boys, or men, I guess yeah. for for, yeah. for those. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just an uphill battle for parents, isn't it? Because the, you, yeah. you you yeah. don't live at a time when you're going to be supported for raising your boys and girls differently. And honestly, you know, I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's going to be all around well, it's not, us. It's right. coming at a hundred yeah. miles an hour. You know, and and I refuse to sort of like it. So for me, I have the conversation with the kids. Yes, you know, it's a and if you go to the social. Completely teaching them like you know the the flip side of teaching them like that's fine, but there's mm-hmm, a price mm-hmm, to pay mm-hmm. and the cost. This is where you're not. This is the side that they don't. You know you don't. The but, backstory uh-huh. that's coming there next, right? Yep. Um, what's actually interesting is, is even with this narrative of being pushed in our faces through the movies, right? Those movies don't do well. <laughs> they just I know. <laughs> they suck. I know. Right. So <laughs> like even though they push and they push and they push again, the proofs in the pudding. You know what was my my, my favorite. You know, like this, and there's a bunch of them. Like, you remember G.I. Jane with the Memoir? Yes. G.I. Jane, she yes, shaved was, her head, became yes. a badass. That was one no of the one first reversals. gave a crap. It was the yeah. worst movie ever. No <laughs> one gave a crap. She's trying to be the, you know, the hero girl. And flat, you know, flat, uh, Wonder Woman. Yes, you know, I know. Like, no. What's it, the last one? Um, uh, the new one from Mar- Marvel. Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. Complete fail. People love Marvel, hated the movie. It's another badass chick who's going to handle... No, it doesn't work. No one wants to but see But here's that. the thing, Andre. See, you and I don't care because we're very convicted and firm in how we're going to raise our kids counterculturally. But the, the you know, going back to this, this gal's question, it's very difficult to do when you're not either as up on the stuff you know, as you and I are, or as not as, um, you know, you need a little bit more from the people around you to be able to do something comfortably. So I worry about, you know, it's like, I want to be a support for parents to raise their kids counterculturally and be proud of it and, and know that you're doing the right thing. Not only is it okay to raise your sons and daughters differently, but you should raise them differently. For sure. And you know, some of the, the things that I deal with, with women who don't know this, let's say, right? Mothers who don't know this, yeah. who over-nurture their sons, right? Because you probably, you pretty much cannot over-nurture a girl, right? Mm-hmm. But you could not very easily over-nurture a boy, keeping him weak, keeping him yep. low, keeping him from finding himself. And 
these women will wake up <laughs> because by the time a, a boy turns about 13, when, when puberty kicks in, this is when you get it right in the face. They push back. They're angry at you, seemingly the world. They're angry at their mothers mm -hmm. to, to, to over-baby them. And I have some, and I always, you know, the calibration, I have women calling me back saying, I need some help. My 15-year-old is telling me to F off all day long. Yeah. And I, I know what's happening. You, you need to leave him alone. Mm -hmm. you, you're mothering him. You're babying him. And Instead the of treating it like that's, he's got a behavior problem. Understand that that's a reaction to something you're doing. Totally right, yeah. and he, they're so concerned because he has to be. She has to raise him right. I said, yes, just leave him alone. Yeah, you know, put him in a team sport. Put him where the men are. Give him some mentor that are masculine. If he doesn't have a daddy, and if he has a daddy, step off. You know, and let daddy handle it. Yeah. You know, let daddy. So you you oh, you're killing him with over nurturing, and he hates you for it because he he will not have the words for it, but he will he'll have the energy of it. Like. You know, angry at you directly, and what he's feeling on a like basic level is that you are keeping him weak, and it's your fault. Okay, now, now take that exact dynamic and flip yep. it. Flip it. Let's go back to what I was wanting to get to later, anyway, that you mentioned earlier. So this is perfect. Now let's flip that. When a girl is not getting from her father what she needs, right. her reaction is not going to be to be violent or tell your curse at you probably. It's going to be different. And I think that's where what you were talking about earlier is that they, in their heads, um, become more masculine and less feminine as a result of that, rather than lashing out physically the way a boy might. Is that fair? Right. Yes. So on a, on a, on a girl, the lack of feeling safe, the lack of daddy energy, the lack of you know, nurturing. And, and pause really quick. That can come, sorry, from many forms, whether you're physically not there or if you're an alcoholic, that's another big one. Right, you're not available. Right. So there's ways to right. be, yeah. Any any broken ways of a healthy father. Yeah. So whether he's there and a drunk, he's dangerous. Mm -hmm. If he's unstable, he's dangerous. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, right? So there's a bunch of ways. If he's absent, obviously, there's a bunch. If he's abusive, he's dangerous. So when a little girl doesn't feel safe in the house because daddy is broken and or there's no daddy, instinctively, she has to take care of herself. She has to protect herself. She becomes masculine. Just how to be needy, the need to survive. So in that instance, in a moment, her feminine gets knocked out of her nervous system and she becomes at all capable, masculine, protect myself, fight everything in the world because this is only me. Imagine being six years old and yeah. realizing that you're, you're on your own, mm -hmm. right? This is where women, you know, a little girl's feminine goes gets taken out the, the door, it's not important, it's not gonna help her, she needs to fend for herself, and this is where, by the, by the time she becomes a young woman, she has no access to being feminine, she never grew into her feminine, feminine natural feminine, feminine essence, mm -hmm. and these are women who go in the world and fight like men, and, and can be like men, and conquer like men, and blah, 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 but these are women who have a hard time with men because men aren't interested in that energy. Men don't want masculine women. And I want to make it very clear because I wrote about this in the Alpha book that um, you don't have to be employed to be this way as a female. You can be at home with kids. Right. This is a, you know, we typically don't think of it that way because we assume if you're home with kids, then you must be naturally more feminine. But in fact, I actually argued that you might be more likely to be controlling in that role than if you were mm -hmm. uh, a career woman, as you, as you put it. Um, mm -hmm. 
because you are in charge of these kids all day. Yeah, I mean, your your job is to be in charge of these kids and the chances of your bleeding that over to your relationship with your husband are just enormous because you're already yep. in that mode all day. Whereas right. if you were well, working, you might not be in charge of something. Maybe you just go punch in a clock or something. So it's very sure. important, I thought, to... I mean, I see it all the time, and it's 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 a major problem. Yeah, well, motherhood seems to be the ultimate feminine paradigm, right? Motherhood, having babies, is the ultimate feminine paradigm. It's not. Motherhood is masculine. It's providing and protecting the children. It's mama bear. She will kill you. Yeah. That's the ult- yeah. It's very, very masculine. So a lot of women, and it happens with my clients, when they have children, they, they might have been a version of a, a mix of the masculine and feminine you know, functioning in the world appropriately, and it works. That's how they got to be married and have kids. Mm-hmm. But a lot of women, when they have kids, will get an attack of, you know, motherhood, yeah. become very masculine, mama bear, and really takes over. It kind of takes over life because she has to provide and protect because he's at work for 10, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So by the time, he, by the time mm-hmm. he comes home and he thinks he's still the male, but she knows what the kids want. She mm-hmm. needs what the kids need. She needs what he, right? And so he's like, well, she goes, no, no, that's not how we do it here, right? Yep. And so she takes over, which is, yep. again, nature to protect the kids. However, if he doesn't, if he lets that go, she basically starts taking over energetically the marriage and him. And women will say, I don't have two kids. I have three because he's the third uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. And now, Houston, this is what's happening with your client, by the way, with the $400,000. Yes, yes. She's taking over him as one of the children. No question. She's mothering him. Uh-huh. And when you mother a man, you become the person he cannot be intimate with, period. So you're killing everything between you. Yep. They can't have sex. He won't have sex with you. You're yep. his mom. Yep. Right? And then you resent that. You get more edgy, more more tweaked out, more I you mean- know, overwhelmed. <laughs> Down the you, toilet. I mean, once I, my goal is really to help people understand, as I know yours is too, to see this. And once you see it, there's no way to not see it. I mean, it's so obvious and clear. And it's as you as you say, it's nature. It's meant to be this other way. And you're fighting against nature, and you're going to lose every single time. Yep, yep. In my world, it lasts about ten years. You could flip the script and and be the 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 big masculine woman who conquers everything and is very proud of it and find yourself a guy who's going to acquiesce to all your needs and wants and he's going to stay home like a good girl and you'll be really thrilled about that if you bought into this you know this this whole story mm-hmm. within 10 years in my for my from what i see it about 10 years it all goes to hell because she's overwhelmed tired burnt yep. out started you know she started carrying his butt because yep. he's not he's the one doing nothing which is not nothing but the backstory of household won't do it the way she does it yeah and ultimately she loses respect for him you know she's his mom so they're not having sex she resents him yep. so they're not having sex oh. in any which way and then all of a sudden somebody you know then somebody has an affair because this is this whole thing went to crap and guess what they fall apart the children are now from statistic divorced family it destroys everything, and here we are. In the name of what? In the name of this new so, cultural... Yeah, no. so just to circle that back to the topic at hand about oh, raising your kids differently. No, I mean, I brought, that, I brought up that extra piece, which I think is relevant. But just to circle it back before we close out as to how that's related to raising your sons and daughters differently. Well, this gal that I had this session with, we went all the way back to her childhood, to the messages she got from day one. And because she wasn't taught to embrace her feminine side and because she was told to never depend on a man 
that I mean, that's so incredibly common today, especially with children yeah. of divorce who obviously don't have that father that we talked about earlier there mm-hmm. in their lives. Um, they bring this narrative and mindset with them as they go through life. Yeah. And they, they it doesn't dawn on them that it was um, the wrong way to do it until, like you said, it blows up in their face so much later. So going back to parenting, that's why it's so critical to raise your sons and daughters differently. That mm-hmm. that's not only okay, but you should be doing that. It's essential. It's essential. It's essential. And if you're doing that, they are going to naturally um, not find themselves fighting down the road. So basically get the politics out of this conversation about gender and raising boys and girls. Get it out of there because the politics has no place in it. The only way to be successful and healthy is to embrace the way you are made and what you want. It's not that you can't have something else. Go ahead if you want to want something that's not typically quote-unquote gendered, but understand the trade-offs. Understand what this will mean for you and know mm-hmm. in advance that that's, you're gonna, that's what your life's going to be like. And chances yeah. are if you, if, you, if you address it that way and explain it to them, they won't end up going that opposite way. They'll think mm-hmm. more deeply about it, which this gal, by the way, never did. As she said, she said, I literally never thought about it. Nobody ever mentioned yeah. it. It just like happened to me. And that mm-hmm. makes me crazy. <laughs> that I makes know, me because, so crazy. And again, that's you know the way I see what I'm doing and what you're doing, sound the alarm. You know, think it through. Forget you know yep. what people are saying. What is it that you want? At the moment you have that question up up in your mind, and this is what we do. This is what I'm doing with teenagers, and when I go speak and you know public speaking and stuff, it's just like just think this one. You know, yep. just I know I know they say no, and I go no. Just think it through. It's mm-hmm. your life. You know, what's it gonna be like when you're 40? What is it you want? Yep. You know, later on in life, do you want children? Do you want to be a grandparent at one point? Like. This I mean, is all, like, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I did uh, last month and a month before, maybe November in, at Princeton. And these girls mm-hmm. were hanging on every word, not because I'm so great, but because they'd never heard it. So just exactly. you're naturally attracted to something you've never heard before when yeah. it's especially when it's speaking to your own personal concerns. It was almost like yeah. giving them permission to be female yes. right? and map yes. out a life that is centered on that and in and, and enjoying it and embracing it and being proud of it and stop trying to be something that you're not right and have you noticed because i've noticed this when when just they get that piece and they kind of go oh, right yes. like oh, like it's almost like catching their breath like oh, i could do this like yes. there's another way that and if because they're feminine at the core they connect with this mm-hmm. you know and where my my favorite part is that just having one of these conversations with a woman like this with these young girls all of a sudden it becomes on the radar. Now, now they start seeing it. Yeah. They see, see it. it. They see it. They see it like, oh, like it's, and all of a sudden, they, then they stop, you know, like the pulse is different. Like yeah. instead of sinking into it and buying it full out, they, wait a second, yep. wait a minute, hold on here, you know, and then you could collect now stories of how it did not work for most women, you know, the price to pay, you know, just not by not thinking right. it through, making the right, whatever. Talk so about empowerment. Now that's the definition that. of empowerment right there. Thank you. That's Thank what empowerment you. is. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, which way, how do you want to live and what choice, you, you know, how do you want to, yep. how do you want to live how ultimately? Live? How, what is the best life for you? So we're going to have to close out, Andre, and we Oof. didn't get to this other email, which we're going to save for next week because it's mm-hmm. too big of a, too big of a conversation. So we'll, we'll yeah. save that for next time. But um, this has been great as always. 
tossing it around, right? Yeah. It's just stirring it, stirring yep. it. It's a never ending conversation. So um, yeah. we will we will pick this up next week. And um, yeah. thank you very much. And we'll talk soon. Till next week. Bye. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to tune in next week when Andre and I talk once again about the state of men and women in America today. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a question or comment for me, go to Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.